What is up, Pointy fans? Happy Monday. It was a busy weekend for the wife and I. We had a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And somewhere in there, I still found a way to just overwhelm myself with notes for the podcast that I just I can't carry over to a, a Wednesday or a Friday debrief special. So now, with that being said, I want to talk to you very quickly about Black Rifle Coffee. That's www.blackriflecoffee.com. I think I've been beating this horse to death for a while now. So just check out the website. It's it's not difficult for most people to uh, to jump into a web browser and just check out their website. Uh, look at the different products they offer. Of course, they got all the apparel and the hats and stuff, but obviously the coffee is what I want to talk about. Uh, most American, the freshest cup of coffee you're going to have. Uh, I, I would encourage you to check out their subscription plan where you can get once a month, once every other month, whatever really you want delivered to you automatically. You never have to think about it again. And you've always got super fresh coffee available to you. Uh, and, and that's a great way to start finding out, are you more of a light roast, medium roast, dark roast? You know, there's a very popular um, coffee company right now all over the country with a little green round logo and maybe a girl with her top off or something. Uh, burnt, disgusting, bitter coffee. I mean, I, I've, I've had it for years and years. I, I actually stopped drinking their coffee several years back because of some comments their CEO made. But <laughs> that being said... Um, not very good coffee. I know everybody's a fan of it. Really, I think everybody's just a fan of the drive through because nobody else has a freaking drive through that serves coffee except what McDonald's. So uh, I think that's their, their corner on the market because it can't be quality coffee because it's just not. It's shit. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is different. And I, I promise you, you're going to taste it the very first cup. It doesn't have that bitter aftertaste. It's a very smooth finish, full of flavor and great packaging too. And, and above that, what I love about them is I, I've said it before this way, it's a great company with great people, great stories, but then doing great things with their profits. They're not supporting these these causes that are anti-America, that are anti-working class, that are just in your face. If, you're, if you don't agree with us ideologically or politically, we don't want your money. That's not how Black Rifle Coffee is. Black Rifle Coffee says, hey, if you love your country and if you love your Second Amendment, check us out. And obviously, if you love quality coffee, you know, it's not like they have these ideological views and then they sell a shitty product. It's best of both worlds there. So even if you don't necessarily agree with them politically, if you just love good coffee, Black Rifle Coffee is the place for you. Check it out. Uh, aside from that, check out at Cross and Musket on Instagram. That is our t-shirt company. All the sales of those t-shirts just help us make the podcast better, help us to, to put a few more dollars towards marketing and spread the word. This is all, we don't have sponsors. This is all money coming straight out of my wife and I's pockets. So uh, in any work that y'all do, and I've been seeing you, the likes, the comments, the shares, all that stuff helps us get the word out and really uh, tickles the fancy of that Google algorithm. Um, so that we can't do it without you. And of course, the reviews, whatever platform you're listening on, leave us a, a good review or be honest, let us know what you think. And uh, we, we want to earn those positive reviews. Uh, so check us out again at Cross and Musket. Use discount code Insta for 20% off at checkout. And now let's get into it. I've got four heavy topics I want to hit today. First, we're going to start with these this uh, banjo player from uh, Mumford and Sons. Now that is a fun story simply because I think it is just so ridiculous that we even care what this guy says. Well, let's get into the story. Of course, link to the stories in the show notes. So read through it with me and uh, come up to your, come up with your own conclusion as far as that goes. 
Um, his name, of course, everybody knows. I mean, who hasn't heard of Winston Marshall, the famed banjo player, world-renowned banjo player, while we're uh, giving a damn about banjo players, I guess. Uh, might as well talk about Winston Marshall. He had some uh, very, I mean, I thought very subdued praise for a very controversial book by the Andy No, um, who has who has used his talents and his education and his really fearlessness to infiltrate Antifa, Antifa, Kamala, Kamala, who cares, Antifa, and really kind of. Uh, shine a little bit of light on who they are, what their goals are. And um, we're going to actually get into a little bit more about Antifa in just a second once we get through this story. Uh, but this is one of the big ones that hit over the weekend. And to me, to me, the confusion for me, number one, is like I said, who cares what this banjo player from Mumford & Sons decides to put out? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's it. He's a banjo player for a band, and yet somehow everybody gets all gets their panties in a knot because what he says that he liked a book first of all the joke to me here is i'm really curious what other books he's endorsed wouldn't it be fantastic if he just heaped buckets full of praise on obama's book i don't even know the title of it but what what if he's just praised all these leftist books but then as soon as he comes out and praises andy knows book oh everybody loses their mind everybody freaks out and heads explode I would just personally find that amusing, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about facts. Um, so what did he say? The whole story is he apologized, and then he, he stepped away from the band because there was so much pressure mounting against him. So what did he say that sparked this backlash? Well, quoting Mr. Winston Marshall, quote, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man obviously to Andy No because he read his book. Um, that's it. <laughs> so let's be clear. The bottom line is that Sir Winston Marshall is being silenced or really it's not just that he's being silenced because conservative voices, I'm not saying he's a conservative voice. I have no idea who he is as far as, his, well, really, I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I knew there was a banjo in the band, but I didn't know if they just hired Bob or Steve, depending what state they were in, but no, apparently Winston Marshall has a permanent place as a banjo player. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily he's being silenced or is he just allowing himself to be silenced? Maybe both. Either way, it's ridiculous. The bottom line is he's being silenced for liking a book. That's it. So remind me, who are the fascists? Because here, let's be real about the facts here. There's a group called Antifa, standing for anti-fascist. And Andy No, who is has plenty of credibility, plenty of credentials, very well educated. He's he is a I don't know if he would describe himself this way, but he is one of the people out there doing investigative journalist work, which is very rare nowadays. You got a lot of commentators, a lot of schlubs like me who don't don't actually do anything <laughs> but then you got the people that actually go out there and investigate and research and people like andy no or elijah Sh uh, schaefer with the blaze who actually insert themselves into these dangerous situations like the riots and protests over the summer of 2020 um and then of course the january 6th riots which 
Elijah Schaefer was there. And, and, and so what they do is they create credibility just from the fact that they're willing to provide insight for we, the people, you know, I don't go to them for their opinions. I go for them to them for the, for the fact that many times they're the only one who have firsthand references or, or original sources or experience witnessing some of these events. And that's important. And somebody like Andy, no, whether you like him or not, uh, I mean, he doesn't describe himself as a right winger, like the media tries to portray him to be. He's not, he's, 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 he's exactly who the left should love. He's the son of immigrants who fled, uh, I think it was Vietnam after the war. And he, he's gone to, to, to college. He's got his degrees and he's brought up in the university system. He's homosexual. He came out in like 2018. He, he's, he's somebody who is not just, he's not a Karen, you know, coming from the far right and, and preaching to everybody with a, with a Southern Baptist draw. He is an intellectual and he is somebody with a, with a story, with a background for reasons why he believes the things he believes. And the, I guess the largest complaint the left could lodge against him is he had the balls to actually insert himself with Antifa and he came out of it with not a very positive um, opinion of Antifa. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But first, Winston Marshall's apology. Quote, I need some piano music for the background. <laughs> Over the past few days, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, excuse me, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates, and for that I am truly sorry. He continues, As a result of my actions, I am taking time away from the band to examine my blind spots. For now, please know that I realize how my endorsements have the potential to be viewed as approvals of hateful, divisive behavior. I apologize as this was not at all my intention. Let me tell you my frustration with that. I have not even read Andy No's book. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But how many people out there have even heard of Andy No who even understand who he is enough to pronounce his name correctly? Not very many people. So this is how I read it anyways. He figured he could endorse this book. Most people probably don't even know what he is endorsing, but it would be a message between him and Andy No and, and people who knew that, hey, this is a book, you should check it out. And yet the left still has enough fear of Andy No that they had to attack this guy. And I, and I mean that, the left. I don't mean just the far left. I don't mean just progressives. I mean the left, not Democrats in general. The people with that leftist ideology of big government, we know what's best. You do not shut up. That is, that's the bullcrap I can't stand. And, and as somebody who read that book, Winston Marshall had the option to say something or say nothing, and he said something. And because the people with the loudest voices didn't like it, he had to apologize. Or he didn't have to. He could have stood his ground, but he didn't. Seems to be a, a trend coming out of that part of the country. But now let's jump over to Andy No. I mean, there's there's plenty about him, um, some of it I've already said here, but 
take it for what it's worth. He is who he is. Wouldn't the cruel thing, let's Andy know, let's say he's got this hypothesis, you know, he's, he's going to go Socratic method. He's, he's going to go uh, scientific method and, and decide, do I like Antifa? Who are they? What do they stand for? He could have just decided to be maybe somebody like me who has no firsthand experience dealing with Antifa, and he could have formulated opinion and dispersed that opinion to his audience. That is not what he did. He risked his life. He, he suffered very serious uh, injuries. I'm not sure if he had a concussion, but he got hit in the head and he was hospitalized. And it's, it's not a small deal what he did, putting himself in harm's way. Especially with the violence coming out against uh, Asian Americans right now. Um, but wouldn't the, the cruel thing be to slander Antifa and never actually take the time to seriously learn about them? That, to me, would be the uh, not irresponsible because most people don't have that ability to insert themselves with Antifa. I don't know, but at least he that's that's what I'm talking about when I say benefit of the doubt. He gave Antifa a chance by inserting himself with them and then just just viewing them in their natural habitat. And what did he learn? Well, it wasn't good stuff. It was obviously, there's plenty of violence. There's hatred for America. There's hatred for white people. There's hatred for rich people. There's hatred for, for people across every political spectrum. We saw right after Biden was nominated or uh, inaugurated that the DNC building in like Portland, I think, was burned down. You know, so they don't hold allegiance to a Biden or a Trump or an R or a D. They're not third party. What they are is there's a little book you could pick up, very small, pretty pretty simple read, um, called Burn Down the American Plantation. That in, it, in, in its simplest form is who Antifa is. It is their playbook. It is the United States is a racist country, and the only way to fix the problems in, their, in our country is not through the Constitution, not through these levers of power that our founders gave us, with tons of foresight, by the way, with tons of um uh, they, they injected enough language where they knew all right slavery is wrong we can't just force it out right now but we're going to put the language in place where the argument can be made that it is wrong and that that argument can win but antifa their solution is burn it down and that that is why they they don't care who you are they don't care where you come from if you do not agree with them you are the enemy some might say they're a little bit fascistic. But that's that's another argument. Um, so anyway, Andy No, he, he gave Antifa their chance. They didn't pass the test. That doesn't make Andy's words violent. It makes Antifa's actions violent. Hey, y'all, hang up real quick. I'm going to um, hold up real quick. I'm going to open my microphone so you can hear this. <laughs> That's my my little little pup named Rocco, and uh, he likes to dream a lot, <laughs> and it's super cute. And I'm over here freaking out, but uh, anyways, it, regarding Andy No, uh, he was on the Joe Rogan Experience, and he and re- responding to the question, you know, how how would you classify yourself? What political label would you pick? Well, as of 2019, Andy No responds that he considers himself to be center right, and the problem with Andy No is that right now, anything other than far left is considered radical. If you are not a member, card-carrying member of the socialist far left, you are at best suspect 
at worst, you're an enemy. And, and, and we're seeing that in pop culture. We're seeing that in cancel culture. We're seeing that from just the sheer, the ballsiness of some members of Congress. And it's it, to me, it's extremely worrisome. But, I mean, that that's where we're at. And really, the, the bottom line, what, what this amounts to right now, is if you've got any sort of influence or you've got some sort of a voice, whether it's social media or you're a writer or you're a musician or you're an actor, if you are in the public eye and you do not fall in line with the leftist agenda, not saying the leftist agenda is wrong. You obviously know my feelings towards that, but right and wrong aside, if you don't fall in line with their ideology, you are the enemy or you're at least a problem. But they're, they're so confident in their belief system as being the belief system that they're comfortable calling half the country domestic terrorists because we dared vote for, the, for Orange Man Bad. And that's a problem. So, I think that's about uh, all we can say about Mr. Winston Marshall. I hope that maybe once he's separated himself from the band that he'll, he'll get some uh, testicular fortitude and come out and just say what it is he believes and, and, and dare society to call him a terrorist. You know, at this point, you, you can almost wear their hatred as a badge of honor. I know I can. When I start hearing about people saying, hey, we need to get lists of these people who supported Donald Trump and his cronies. Well, I got news for you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you've got a list out there, let me know. Do I need to provide my email? What do I need to do? Because... I want to be on that list as somebody who supported conservative actions, conservative ideologies, and conservative policies. I'm not afraid of your lists. But some people are, and that's a shame. Some people allow themselves to be silenced uh, in the name of inclusivity. Problem being, inclusivity and diversity in today's world is anything but. And that's all I got to say about that. Moving on, more Antifa stuff. There is actually a, a, a former Antifa member who linked up. He's got a book out. He linked up with PragerU. And I saw his video on Instagram, and he's talking about his time as an Antifa member and what he learned about the organization in general. Take a listen. There was a time in my life when I was angry, bitter, and deeply unhappy. I wanted to lash out at the whole fascist system the greedy, heartless power structure that didn't care about me or the rest of society's innocent victims. A system that had robbed, beaten, and stolen from my ancestors. The whole corrupt edifice deserved to be brought down, reduced to rubble. I was a perfect recruit for Antifa, the left-wing group which claims to fight against fascism. And so, I became a member. Now I was one of those who had the guts to fight against the fascists, who were exploiting disadvantaged people. I wasn't a card-carrying anti-fascist. There's no such thing as an official Antifa membership. But I was ready at a moment's notice to slip on the black mask and march in what Antifa calls the Black Bloc. Quickly, before we go any further, I want to say this is an almost five-minute long video. I'll probably get about halfway through before I'll, I'll just cut it off. But that's an important point. Being that there is no leadership of Antifa. You don't have, it, it is, it is a self-described militant group. And yet there is no general, there's no admiral, there's no ranking, there's no who's calling the shots, who's actually in control. You don't have that. What you have are a bunch of anonymous, um, characters all wearing 
black masks dressed in black only come out at night. That is not a peaceful movement. That is not something that says, hey, we want to make positive change that, that everybody can get on board with. That's not the case. They know their actions are not going to be perceived as peaceful. Therefore, they have to disguise themselves. And put that in contrast with the Black Lives Matter protest. Now, as much as I disagree with Black Lives Matter Incorporated, seeing people, a lot of older people, community people coming out in the name of BLM, but actually trying to make positive change in their own communities, not worldwide, not nationally, in their own communities, grassroots, many would call it, much like the Tea Party. And again, as much as I disagree with Black Lives Matter's agenda, there, there needs to be this sharp contrast between the protesting that started you know, midday and went through dark over the summer. There has to be a dividing line between that and then what happened after dark, when the black masks, the black coats, the, what this guy describes as the black block, showed up, that is when the violence, and that's why we saw curfews across the country. Once dark hit, that's when the violence started. So how are we supposed to view Antifa when their actions, their statements, and everything that they, that they portray themselves as is militant and violent? And not in the best interests of all Americans, it's in the best interests of them specifically. A cadre of other black-clad Antifa members to taunt police and destroy property. Antifa stands for anti-fascist, but that's purposely deceptive. For one thing, the very name is calibrated so that anyone who dares to criticize the group or its tactics can be labeled fascist. A very important tactic that is used by many on the far left. Anti-fascist. Well, I don't like Antifa. Well, you must be a fascist. Pro-choice. Well, I'm not pro-choice. I'm pro-life. Well, then you must not. You must be a sexist. You must be one of these who wants to keep women down barefoot in the kitchen. And, and, and it's choice structuring. They give you one or two choices. You pick two, you're a racist, you're a fascist, you're a sexist, you're a bigot. But if you pick one, oh, you're cool. Yeah, you're, you're in with the gang for now until you screw up again. And that, that's, we've been seeing that over and over and over throughout really the, the, the last, well, since, the, since people have been keeping records of this crap, but just it seems like here recently it's taken an uptick because of the over-politicized, I freaking hate that word, politicized. This allows Antifa to justify violence against all who dare stand up or speak out against them. A few groups boldly declare themselves Antifa, like Rose City Antifa in Portland. But most don't, preferring to avoid the negative publicity. That's part of Antifa's appeal and strength. It's hard to pin down. There is no identifiable leader. To be part of Antifa, you must adopt two basic principles. First, you have to have the mentality of an anti-fascist. And second, you must be willing to enforce that mentality. To adopt an anti-fascist mentality means to reject everything that is fascism. But that begs the question, what is fascism? While most Americans associate fascism with Nazi Germany or modern dictatorial states like Venezuela, China, and North Korea, to Antifa, fascism means Judeo-Christian values and capitalism. The very system that I had sought to destroy, friends, people who turned out to be my real friends, 
pointed me to challenging thinkers like Milton Friedman, Thomas Sowell, and Ben Shapiro, and eventually organizations like the Leadership Institute and PragerU. What they said just made sense and offered me a better way to live. Antifa and the radical left did not care about building a better society. They cared about control. And that's that's really um, that's that's all I'm going to play the video because that to me is is the defining line. There's a group of people that want more ideas, and like I said last episode, this has flipped in the last 20, 30 years from Republicans more predominantly being the closed-minded, uh, legislating morality, all that stuff that you heard, and the left was Hollywood. It was the music industry. It was free thought. It was I'm going to say something that is unpopular, and I'm going to dare you to try to censor me because you can't censor me, and so that has flipped now. And it's really interesting to me. But before we go any further, though, there's something very special I want to play for you real quick. One second. Politicization. That's how it's supposed to be said. Politicization. 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 Just pretend I said that. <laughs> I freaking hate that word. Um, so I, I play that video mainly because I, I want to, to show that this is not a hatred for an ideology. That this anger or hatred that comes from the right towards Antifa is not a hatred of ideology. It's a hatred of control. It's a hatred of anybody out there who thinks they know better than I do, and they're taking it upon themselves, much like the people who were right-wingers. They were not Antifa on January 6th, much like those people saying, hey, we're going to start this revolution for you. And like, no, no, that's not what I want. But now I'm being lumped in with those assholes because they decided to go and domestically terrorize the entire country. And really one of the scariest sights I've seen in my adult life, really probably since um, since 9-11 as a kid, to, to see something that significant, that, that kind of violence wreaked on our institutions was very, um, not traumatizing, I don't want to be dramatic, but... I mean, it, it, it left, a, left a mark on me for sure, and we'll leave it at that. This, uh, this next audio comes from a video put out by the World Economic Forum talking about universal income, and I'm going to jump through this as quickly as possible. This one has a lot of text in the video that I would want you to, uh, to watch the video yourself. Again, the video will be in the show notes and make your own decision, but I, I want to quickly go into just the, the pre prelude of the video. Um, they're talking about this city in California where they trialed universal income. And they gave 125 people $500 a month to see what the effects had. No requirement to work. And they just wanted to see what, what do people do after that. They studied them for a year to see what happened after giving them this $500 a month. After 12 months, the rate of full-time employment shot up to 12% with participants working more, not less. Um, they also reported feeling less anxious and depressed and spent more quality time with their kids. So all of that sounds great. Everybody loves that. Some helped family members pay for medical care. Others had time to study now because they had this magical amount of $5. The money improved their social relationships, enabling them to pay for luxuries like meals out. The project hoped to show that poverty results from a lack of cash, not character. And, and I'm done with that. <laughs> that... All of that sounds great, and all of it's probably true. You know, if I had an extra five hundred bucks a month, I'm sure I'm sure I'd be five hundred bucks less stressed, five hundred bucks more capable of helping out other people. The problem being, is that is not the government's role. If 
your parents want to say, Hey, I want to help you out. You just got married or you got kids now or whatever it is. And your parents are super nice and generous and charitable and decide, Hey, we're going to give you 500 bucks. You're an adult and it can take care of yourself, but we're going to give you 500 bucks a month just to help alleviate some of that stress. Cool. That, that is a decision amongst private free citizens, but for the government now to use this as justification to start saying, Hey, everybody deserves this certain amount of money. And, and you also have to be real about it. That money is not coming. The government does not produce wealth. The government takes wealth and redistributes it via taxation and then social programs. So Jill over here makes 150 K a year because she went to college, got a law degree or, you know, a medical degree or accounting or whatever it is, or Joe who started a business has a couple of employees and has a good quality of life. He's probably a millionaire. They can afford to give up some tax money so that whoever over here can get 500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month and be less stressed and, and be able to afford luxuries like going out to eat. I'm sorry, but that is not my responsibility as a taxpayer to pay for somebody else to be able to afford luxuries or to help out their grandma, because that's all great. If all of it goes to just great positive things, cool, that's amazing. But who's guaranteeing how that money's being spent? How do I know they're not buying weed or they're not spending their money on drinks out with their buddies or on the movies or buying a new iPad or whatever it is? There's no checks and balances there of how this money is being spent. You know, if you're if you're a charity case, if you are a charity organization, you have to disclose how your money is spent because you're not being taxed. And so you have to publicly display this is how much money we brought in this is how much money we spent this is what we did with our surplus because we are not for profit this is how we justify receiving our tax um the tax benefits of being a 501c3 but the that's not how universal income would work universal income or maybe it would i mean that to me that's even worse if they say hey you're going to get a thousand dollars per month but here's what you can and cannot do with that money I don't want it. I don't want it. But then the people out there who do take it, now it's saying, well, and, and this is how great the system is working. This is why everybody should jump on board with universal income. And it's just not something that, I've, that I haven't been sold on it yet. I don't know if I ever will. I'm trying to be open-minded about it. That's why I looked at this and I thought, wow, here's an actual case study. And UNICEF is is backing up the data that they collected. And they're saying that this is legit and people are more productive and less stressed. That's great. Science sounds good to me. My problem is that it's not the government's role to take somebody's money and give it to somebody else to make their life better. That is not the role of government. And uh, so that, that's that's it. That's all I got. Um, we're at 32 minutes. One thing I do want to hit real quickly, especially with the Grammys that just happened over the weekend. I've been seeing a lot of people saying, you know, in, in regards to the cancellation of the six Dr. Seuss books, Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head now are just Potato Head. This cancel culture in general. We've seen a lot of people, meme pages, everything, saying, you know, it's not a big deal. Who cares about Mr. Potato Head? Do you own a Mr. Potato Head? Probably not. If you're not a little kid, you probably don't have one. You probably don't have a collection of Dr. Seuss books. So who cares if it's canceled? I get the logic behind that. I do. Because I ask myself all the time, like, am I just part of this, you know, outrage porn? 
Am I just feeding into this? Uh, is this really a big deal that I should be worrying about? No, it's not a big deal. Dr. Seuss books, it's not going to change the world or tear it down. Uh, Mr. Potato Head, he's not saving people. You know, He's not liberating slaves in the Middle East. Uh, so I'm not saying that that is the big deal. The big deal being... It's just one more step in the direction of silencing people. So while they're canceling Dr. Seuss, canceling Mr. Potato Head, they're also canceling voices out there. People like uh, Gina Gerardo, Gerardo from um, from uh, Mandalorian. Canceled her, kicked her off the show, when all she did was say, hey, we're heading in the direction of Nazi Germany in the fact that we're silencing people. Okay, whether you agree with that statement or not, is that a reason to kick somebody out of a film that she has produced revenue for Disney by starring in this show. Everybody knows who she is, who watches that show. And now she's just gone. Zero loyalty. Um, so no, the point is not, Oh no, my precious Mr. Potato head. It's, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be so worried about a plastic potato and maybe worry about more about what isn't being canceled. What are they allowing to go onto public airwaves? What are they allowing our children to see, you know, they censored, um, I can't remember his name from in the Grammys because they, they knew that I think in Germany it had played through, but of course they're on a delay because it's public TV and he dropped the F bomb. So they had to censor those words, but they'll, they'll allow freaking Cardi B and whoever on stage, basically dry humping each other, wearing very few clothes and the clothes they are wearing are made to accent, accentuate the most um, what their tits? Okay, I'm just gonna say I don't know a politically correct word. They're they're trying to 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 draw your eyes to their breasts and to their crotch and to their butts, and then everywhere else there's no clothing, so it's bare stomach, bare legs, bare everything. That's how you want to dress cool, but how can you allow that on public airwaves where, as the FCC says, where kids might be exposed to it? But then you censor somebody who just drops an F-bomb. The priorities are all screwed up. And, and I've seen people saying over and over, you know, this is the problem with America. And I, and I hate that. I hate that this is the problem with the America, with America argument because it's never just this argument. You know, it's always 50 arguments. This is what's wrong with this country. This is why this country is going to hell. And I don't like that because that it's not the problem. It is a symptom of a much larger issue. It's a cancer that's eating away at the foundation of our morals and our principles, the things that used to unite us. You know, I'm not saying that my moral base is better than anybody else's, but that we used to have a collective moral base that we could all fall back on and say, well, at least we all believe this, so let's build from there. But now, ideologically, morally, principally, we're, we're polar opposites. And, and that that's the situation we're in. The problem, if you want to nail it down to just one, is inconsistency. I could, you know, the source, the crap out of this, dishonesty, deceit, selective outrage. We're, we're, we're all just freaking out over our own little things. and We're not actually listening to each other. That, the inconsistency, the misplaced rage is the problem with America. And then everything extends from our inability to just be consistent in our own selective outrage. The point being, what is the motivation behind society uniting to demand outrage at Andy No, who risked his own life to embed himself with Antifa and expose their hate? 
Yet we can basically watch two grown women, two role models for young girls, whether they want to admit it or not, two, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, very talented people, basically dry-humping each other on stage. Zero outrage. That, that's the definition of inconsistency to me, and at this moment in time, whether it's journalistic integrity or how journalists approach the White House, how they ask questions of one press secretary or they ask questions of a different one, the inconsistency is, is maybe I'll rephrase that, not the problem with America. But right now, it's the, the, the division. It's, it's the, the cause of the division in America is that people don't have integrity. People don't stand on their own words and say, yeah, I said that. Either I apologize or not, but I'm not going to allow you to silence me going forward because I said something that you may or may not agree with. And that's all I got for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you out of here now. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Again, I see y'all when I drop a new episode. I see the downloads. I see the shares and the likes and the comments. And it, you know, more than just self-validation, it's just, it's nice to see that we're, that, that I'm not crazy, <laughs> but then also that we can come together on these issues. And, and, and that's just more listeners. All that means to me is I'm just one step closer to having listeners on the show, to having people tell me what they think about these these opinions that i have and then we can discuss the facts that's the cool part right now it's just me and i'm having fun doing it but i want you all to be involved so again leave the reviews on if you're on apple podcasts or you're on google Podcasts, amazon music iHeartRadio, radio uh, spotify leave reviews and, and just share the word throw something in your story throw a comment on our new episode posts or any of the other posts that we make and uh, last thing, again, we are going to have those single topic videos coming out. I've got stuff prepared. There's just technical issues that, you know, I'm learning this as I'm going through it. So there's little hiccups that I come across and it's like, all right, well, that throws a wrench in all of my plans. So bear with me. Uh, well, we'll get that stuff out there. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at point B underscore cast. Check out Cross and Musket Apparel at Cross and Musket and of course, check out Black Rifle Coffee. They are at Black Rifle Coffee on Instagram, www.blackriflecoffee.com. And uh, at checkout, when you're when you're shopping at those Cross and Musket Apparel t-shirts, use discount code INSTA for 20% off. Uh, I appreciate y'all tuning in. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here on Friday for your Friday debrief. Take care.